0: How many mutual funds do you need to own in order to be properly diversified? Well, a lot more than you might think. Sometimes we think about diversification in a very one-dimensional sense. Maybe we need to diversify our thinking about diversification. First of all, diversification is fancy language for not putting all your eggs in one basket. It is the art and science of embracing variety over specificity for the purpose of reducing the risk of of significant loss. It's an ancient practice. Wise King Solomon advised to divide your portion to seven or even to eight, for you don't know what misfortune may occur on the earth. Not bad advice for 3,000 years ago. The word diversification has come to be associated almost entirely with investments, and that's too bad. The need for diversification is really much, much broader. Here's just a few areas in which you need to diversify to reduce significant risks. First, there is investment diversification. General Motors, Lehman Brothers, WorldCom, Enron, Pacific Gas, Electric, and Delphi, all names that in their day stood for solid profits and strong balance sheets. All of them went into bankruptcy. Some emerged in some form, others are gone forever, along with a 100% of their investors' money. So one obvious lesson, don't put all or even a lot of your money in one single company stock. The next kind of diversification to consider is liquidity diversification. This could be called the need to spend money diversification. You just never know when an auto accident, a hospital stay, a leaky roof, or a lost college scholarship may call on you to spend money that you weren't expecting to have to spend. That's why we advise clients to keep at least six months' worth of spending needs in accessible liquid form, otherwise known as cash. The third kind of diversification would be tax diversification. Has someone told you to put all your money in a 401k style plan? The usual rationale for such advice is that you can defer money from a high income tax bracket to a lower one, like when you retire. But who exactly guarantees you that your taxes are going to be lower when you retire? What if they're higher? Now, I have absolutely no clue where tax rates are going to be when I retire. That's why I don't want to bet the farm on a single tax strategy of deferring all of my tax obligation until that time. I'm doing some of that, just not all. And then finally, there is actuarial diversification. Because you don't know how long you or your spouse will live, the only rational thing to do is to plan on living for a very long time. An insurance company or a pension plan doesn't have that problem because they're looking at the average of multiple lives, they can tap into actuarial science and determine the average life expectancy of the group. And since the average life expectancy will, by definition, be shorter than the longest one might expect to live, the cost per person of retirement is lower. That's why annuities and permanent life insurance can be useful tools when skillfully paired with investments in a balanced fashion. Always work with a licensed professional advisor concerning these kinds of insurance matters. No doubt investments are what most of us think about when diversification is mentioned. I hope that you'll now see that the area that needs the most diversification may be your diversification. Offering you wisdom on wealth, I'm Byron Moore.